When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Go, go, go! This is the Rich Eisen Show. Press did a heat check on Coach Shannon. The Rich Eisen Show. Have you decided on anything to Um, I got a pretty good idea. So let's try one of the quarterbacks. Let's go straight to yeah. Jimmy G. Hell yeah, I have a pretty good idea. That's your starting quarterback, the San Francisco 49ers, don't I mean, you think? Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Today's guests, ESPN college football analyst Ryan Lee, ESPN senior writer Seth Wickersham, Yahoo sports columnist Dan Wetzel, plus from Peacock, brother from another, Michael Smith. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show here on a Friday, the final Friday, the month of August. It'll be the final Friday without a National Football League season beginning in the month 2021. Basically, what I'm saying is time's flying and football's right around the corner. College football starts this weekend. Professional football starts in less than two weeks, we have made it, is basically what I'm saying. <laughs> I cannot be more excited for pigskin, for football, for toe-meeting ball in college football, and then obviously professional football. I am your humble host sitting here. Chris Brockman still away. Uh, I think he might check in with us later on today from his Schmecky Fantasy League. <laughs> Good to see word. you over there. Uh, Mike Del Tufo, uh, he's got the empty chair to his right, but that means he's also got his single shot. Look at that smile. Still here. <laughs> he's looking deranged, as a matter of fact. It is you the man point. TJ Jefferson, a good Friday morning to you, sir. Hello, Rich, and hello, world. Hello, everybody. everybody. We're very excited uh, that you are here today. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on Peacock, Sirius XM. This Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio affiliate. We're, we're streaming on Odyssey. We say hello to anybody who's listening to us later on. On our podcast, Cumulus Podcast Network, go get us, check us out every single day, and um, however you see fit, we uh, we love to have you here. So, news out of New Orleans, kind of surprising that uh, this has gotten out. Um, certainly, since it hasn't been made official just yet, but it appears, according to sources close to situation, okay, who are friends with a family named Sources per. Also sources, knowledgeable, unnamed, all of them. They get around a table and they start whispering and they get out. The sources get out. They They get out and about. There's no lockdown on the sources family. None whatsoever. And uh, according to all of them. Collectively. Jameis Winston is the starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints in 2021. The first starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints as 
They break training camp, not named Drew Brees, since 2006. Wow. Is Jameis Winston. I'm going to applaud that. And Jameis has won the job as I came on the air Tuesday morning because Monday night was the end of preseason week number two, and we saw how Jameis performed. He went, uh, I have it written down here because I'm a lead pipe wielding professional from a couple days ago. Let me get my notes. Nine of ten. Nine of ten. He was nine of ten in that football game. Two TDs, right? Two, he was terrific. Two touchdowns. And then, of course, um, you know, Taysom Hill, taste some of this, uh, <laughs> didn't look as good, didn't perform as well. And Jameis won the job, and he uh, looked like the starting quarterback of the Saints. And uh, makes us, this means it's a smart maneuver. You go with Jameis, you could take him off the field and put Taysom Hill in. Going with Taysom Hill and putting Jameis in is not the, not the way to go mm-hmm. about it. I think you're going to see two quarterbacks out there for the New Orleans Saints. Don't go for the okie doke that Taysom Hill isn't the starting quarter, isn't the uh, a quarterback in this system. I think he's going to be out there, and he's also going to be a guy who's going to be out there with Jameis on the field. I I I am excited about this Saints season, and I know Brockman is down on him, and you know Michael Thomas is hurt for the time being, and who do they really have outside of Kamara? Well, they got the arm of Jameis, and we'll see how Sean Payton might be able to avoid the 30 for 30. Yeah. The 30 touchdowns, we are assuming, are coming. As our friends at uh, ESPN tweeted out from the Stats and Info site, nobody in the history of the National Football League has thrown for more yards at 25 or younger than Jameis Winston's 19,737 yards that he threw in Tampa as 25 years or younger in this league. And in that process, 121 touchdown passes to the only one with more before turning 26, named Dan Marino. So the ability is there, the numbers are there. The question is, is the efficiency there? Because I'll tell you one thing that the Saints defense is not used to. The Saints defense is definitely not used to this. Is being thrown out there consistently with a short field behind them. Like the Tampa defense did and had to deal with two years ago. Because with all of Jameis's passing yards and touchdowns, comes the caveat of, oh, yeah, if you're down because your defense is now on a short field because of all the turnovers, yeah, you're going to have to throw a lot of yards. And also, the last pass that Jameis Winston threw as a starting quarterback in the National Football League because he didn't start a single game for the Saints last year, and that was the more famous moment of the season, writ large for anybody, was when Drew Brees went down for a significant amount of time and Taysom Hill was the one who got the gig as a tryout. And I guess, based on what happened there, even though they only lost one game with Taysom Hill at quarterback, and even though we saw what we saw this training camp, Taysom Hill had some nice moments, I guess, put it all together, and Sean Payton decides having Jameis start a game, play most of the game, maybe play between the 20s, (laughs) and, and we'll see how Sean Payton cooks this up. I think Michael Thomas is fired up because that tweet of uh, ESPN Stats and Info 
wound up on the timeline. They did. Because Michael Thomas retweeted it. I'm on the Rich Eisen Show site. I guess the Rich Eisen Show site doesn't follow ESPN Stats and Info, but we certainly follow Can't Guard Mike. No doubt. Because we follow every single guest that appears on this show. They get a follow. I don't know if they're aware of that, but we try anybody to. who calls in, we hit them with a follow as <laughs> a thank you. And even- so, so put it all together, and this has all the makings of one of the more exciting storylines of the 2021 season. And exciting for all the good and the bad. Because, you know, when the ball is in the air and you have no idea where it might be going, that's exciting for just a fan and a viewer watching. We're on the edge of our seat. That's always, you know, you don't want to be rubbernecking a football game. But I'm assuming Winston, with Sean Payton in his ear, will be different than what we've seen before just because. And I know that he's had Arians in his ear, <laughs> who's one of the best to have in your ear, the quarterback whisperer of, of the first variety. But just the Sean Payton connection, which Jameis Winston and when Can't Guard Mike comes back, and Marquez Callaway already had a couple touchdowns mm-hmm. from they have a connection. But if Jameis can do this, how many times do I come on there and say the if? We're in the if season in the NFL. This is the if season. If this, if that. Because it's all possible. I saw Kurt Warner on his Instagram feed, his movie poster of his life with Zachary Levi playing him. I mean, you know, he's the personification of if. Brady's the personification of if. Aaron Rodgers, personification of if. Russell Wilson, personification of if. All of them. Mahomes, if. So many ifs in the NFL. You could say everyone's an if. That's what it is. And... If Jameis can have a second coming, first overall selection quarterback, seven years removed from that, seven seasons removed from that selection, in the hands of Sean Payton, in an offense that has one of the top running backs and producers in the league, one of the top wide receivers and producers in the league, if healthy and when healthy. It's a lot of ifs, I understand, but there are a lot of crazier ifs in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Going into 2021, what a story this would be if Winston has the second coming and for the Saints taking on the Bucks twice a year, taking on the Falcons twice a year in the NFC South, changing addresses within the division where you were drafted and eventually discarded. Although when you're discarded for Tom Brady, it's kind of a tough word yeah, to use the discarded. Right. Tim Tebow discarded for Peyton Manning. But <laughs> Makes it a little easier to swallow. Be a little bit, yeah. But I'm 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 uh, I'm fired up to see how this uh, looks. W gumbo, W gumbo. I'm in. I mean, those 88 picks. That's that's the one thing. <laughs> that's a that, lot. I, I, that's I, the one thing that's that kind of keeps Jameis. You know, when you gave those yards, the casual fan doesn't know that that he threw for that many yards. They just hear these interceptions, touchdowns and, too, put points on the board. Yeah. So. You know, I hope it works out for him. I hope the yeah. reclamation project is a success. Here we go. Here we go. And then there's all these teams that are hiding the ball on us right now. That, who are they? Right? The Giants, Giants, as I keep saying over and over yeah. again, is the emoji, the shrug emoji team of 2021. Joe Judge just said in the season preseason finale on Sunday in MetLife, Patriots at Giants. No Saquon, no Kenny Galladay. I won't have seen Saquon since he limped off the field in Chicago. 
last year. What's he going to be? What's Galloway going to be? What's this offense going to be? How's Jones going to look? What's going on? Giants unwrap that baby in week number one. Giants unwrap this hiding the ball offense in week one against the Denver Broncos at home late window. Against Teddy Bridgewater late window. No idea what they're going to look like. We had the Washington football team head coach yesterday in Ron Rivera on the show. They and the Cowboys are the only teams, I guess, you can identify half this division right now. Mm -hmm. Because you're assuming the Cowboys, Dak comes back healthy. They're the team to beat because they were the team to beat when Dak was throwing it around in in a full season of starting. Last year, Cowboys were the team to beat, didn't, looked like they could be the team to win because they were giving up 90 yards every single possession on defense. They were giving up 90 points every single game on defense. Dak was throwing for 500 yards in a game and losing. Losing. One in three. They were doing stuff like staring at a spinning football on an onside kick until Atlanta could recover it. I mean, that's the sort of stuff Dallas was doing before Dak got hurt which is why there's all those haters out there saying, okay. And then Philadelphia hiding the ball. Nick Sirianni saying he doesn't think he's going to play his starters at all against the Jets. (sighs) Jalen Hurts will have had two series going into the season opener against the Atlanta Falcons. That's it. What a make of it. Our buddy Albert Breer says, Zach Ertz looks terrific. Good to know. (laughs) <laughs> good to know good to know because all right what if Hertz can do what he's doing and the young kids Devonte smith and jalen rager who looked good when he was healthy what's what what's he gonna look like and miles sanders okay jalen hurts guy was lighting it up when he finally got the chance and then wasn't pulled from a nationally televised final game of the regular season NFC East, shrug emoji teams galore. The shrug emoji division of 2021 going into this NFL season that we'll talk about so much more going into next week. But no Saquon, no Galladay. I'm assuming we'll see some Cam versus Mac anyway because that's what Belichick does. Belichick will put his starters in a week 17 once upon a time <laughs> game when they were already clinched the one seed. Right. Remember Wes Welker blew his knee out one time doing that? Belichick just does whatever he wants. To, I, I don't know about any of that, but it sure looks like everybody in the NFL or mostly everybody in the NFL is going to treat this final preseason game just like a final preseason game used to be, even though it's preseason game number three and we're two weeks removed. After, you know, tonight's games, there's four games tonight. Mm -hmm. Indianapolis at Detroit, Philadelphia at the Jets, Pittsburgh at Carolina, Minnesota at Kansas City. Once they are all done, they get pretty much two full weeks off. That's it. See ya. Gone. Rest up. So why wouldn't you just keep your starters out? Everybody who's currently healthy as your starters won't get hurt in the game tonight. See who can finally make the 53-man roster. That's what you're going to do. 
That's what we're going to see tonight. And you'll you'll know that the Jets handle it if they they trot Mike White out to start. <laughs> you know, because Zach Wilson needs every damn last rep he can possibly get. And the guy's gotten a ton of reps. He's played in a ton of games. Two. Which is a ton for preseason football right around now. Would you want him in there? No. This- no, you no. wouldn't want him in there, right? You'd want him. No, same. And he's got the job one. He's healthy, yeah. so let him watch Mike White and Captain James Morgan do it. <laughs> Captain James, let him go out there tonight. Let him sit back and watch. Put him in week one. Let him see. You know, right? Put him in for the game. Send him out for beer for everybody. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he can get it. I can. I think he's twenty-one. He's 20. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's definitely buying snacks. We for got Ryan Leaf joining us. Ryan Leaf is calling Hawaii at UCLA on our friends at Westwood One tomorrow. Right here in town. College football begins this weekend. We will preview that season. And then the college football world with the historic alliance. We talked about it with Nicole Auerbach of The Athletic yesterday. Dan Wetzel of Yahoo Sports has been all over this. His columns have been must-read. And we're just going to go diving deep into this with him later on in hour number three. I'll just flat out ask him, does Greg Sankey want to run the NCAA? Because it sure looks like that way. The SEC commissioner, who I'd love to get back on to talk about all this. Michael Smith of Brother from Another. He will help us take us to his show in hour number three. Seth Wickersham, talk about hiding the ball. It's Matthew Stafford. What in the world is he going to look like in this Rams offense? What is going to be in Los Angeles? He had a great chat with Matthew Stafford. And essentially, and I'll repeat it later on, the concept is what if you've played in the NFL for 12 years what if you played in the nfl for as long as matthew stafford's been playing in the nfl right what if matthew stafford's been around as long as he's been around and he still doesn't know just how good he is in the nfl <laughs> he hasn't had the run game hasn't had the winning hasn't had that extensive playoff experience That's a good point you got the team now. what if and and now he's here in los angeles we assume he's got the team and then everyone's yeah. like well the team is the team but do they really have the quarterback in every single person I talk to here in Los Angeles, California, every single one that knows the Rams or has any insight on the Rams, anybody who also has any insight on the NFL says, man, how good this guy is and how they can't understand how Detroit could not win with a guy this good at this position. And he's got a great heart. He's got a big heart. That, guy, that kid's got, I say kid, but that man. Got a great home. He's here in Los Angeles, and Seth Wickersham spoke to him, and he's going to be joining us right here on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show in hour number two. T.J. Jefferson's got a T.J.'s five, is what we're calling this new T.J.'s segment? top five. T.J.'s oh, top five. Yeah. We're going to do this every Friday during the season, during the football season as well, where you're going to deliver five items. Five favorite things, Rich, and it's, it's then we, a then we all variety of things. You know, it could uh, be from sports to right. food to music. What is it today? Do you want to give us a little hint today? So <sighs> it's a tease as opposed to like TJ's going to talk about things. Right. Five it, Dallas Cowboys it, favorite. It, it, you, know, <laughs> you know that's coming. I will say this. It is something that revolves around something that we've been speaking about a lot since May. And we'll, The Price we, is Right? Perhaps. Okay. okay. Top, TJ's top five still to come. All right. <laughs> play the music because to play us out, Mike Del Tufo <laughs> with the Rich Eisen Show theme as Ryan Lee. Look at that one. Join us to shot, uh, preview the college football season and so much more here on this busy, fun football Friday. 
Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side, helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature, quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So much made of your LASIK surgery, Jameis. Um, do, do you think that your eyesight had something to do with your, um, your turnover rate last year? I mean, I'll just go no, straight for no, it. No. I mean, that's what people are, are yeah, putting them together here. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't say I, I don't, I, I'm not making excuses, uh, I'm, I, I'm, but I am going to get better, uh, but I'm, I'm not going to make a, make an excuse. I can say that the LASIK has definitely helped my vision, uh, and my accuracy. I didn't have my eyes my whole life. Uh, now I got better eyes. Well, I mean, no. So, so did you wear contacts during games? Is that what you, you, so I, I, I tried for one year, I think it was my, my third year and it just didn't work, man. I, my, like I don't really blink much. They were falling out. Like they were uncomfortable. Um, I just like I gotta get LASIK. Like it's anything that can help my game to help me see more precise. Like I, at first I just was I was naive to the fact because I was like, hey, I've had these eyes my whole life. You know, they didn't bother me this far. Right. But uh, after just doing the research, why would I not? You know, why would I not try to get to have the best vision uh, that I possibly can have? So yeah, I, I, look, I, I'm I'm married to um, a woman. My, my wife had uh, LASIK surgery after wearing contacts and glasses her whole life. I remember the day after she had it, she woke up, looking out the window from our bed, she could see like trees um, and focused <laughs> through the window. I'm ser- I'm serious. I'm not being facetious. Yeah. Like it was completely eye opening to use the phrase. So, do you think that you'll be able to read defenses better? with having not had any contacts last year and now having LASIK surgery now, do you think you will actually be an improved quarterback because of it? Uh, I think that it, I think that it can uh, help certain parts of my game in terms of ID and coverage and, uh, and trusting my eyes a little bit more because I would be able to see a clearer picture. Mm-hmm. Um, 
quarterback has so much with getting pre-snap reads and, you know, finding your post-snap answer, but your vision and how quick you process information and how fast your eyes get to where they should go next is very important. So being able to see a clearer picture and get a fuller picture uh, will definitely be helpful. But I got the kind of the same story as your, uh, as your wife. Like yeah. me, and my, me and my wife, we were in Starbucks uh, getting, getting some uh, – there's some of those egg white eggs things. Sure. And I and I looked out the window and I could see gnats. Like during the daytime. Like I saw gnats flying. And I asked I asked my, my wife, I said, Can you see those gnats? And she's like, I can't see those gnats. I was yeah, well, I got late there. I could see gnats. Look at you now. <laughs> Look at you. You're spotting bugs now. You're spotting yeah. bugs, Jameis. You know Absolutely. That's amazing. Hey, hey, if you could spot gnats now, you could definitely see where the safety is a little bit better. I'm sure of that. And we still haven't gotten the full scope of any of that yet. He only attempted 12 passes last year. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. We just had a a clip in our Peacock segment, and our SiriusXM fans also heard it, that um, Jameis on this show in the first day of May, Last year, during the pandemic, talking about getting LASIK surgery on our show because that was a story everyone had fun with. Oh, well, I guess that's why he threw 30 interceptions because he couldn't see. And I asked him point blank, you know, is that the reason why? And he said, I don't want to make excuses. And then proceeded to talk about how he could see gnats for the first time, like bugs in the air. And that he just couldn't wear contacts, just couldn't. I mean, if he's not wearing glasses, couldn't wear contacts and he needed it. It. I mean, let, let's be let's just be honest. And we don't know the effects of of now being able to see a lot better because last year he threw eleven passes in the regular season, and then that big one in the playoffs. Remember when the he was yeah. brought in the game to yeah. try and launch one down the field against Tampa and threw that fifty six yard touchdown pass, and then we had Anthony Mackey, the actor, coming mm-hmm. on our show saying that. They should have kept him in. He's <laughs> right. a diehard Saints fan. Should have kept him in instead of Breeze. Like, adios. Also, Rich, is, you know, you wear glasses. I do, too. Right. We know what the difference is. Like, not being able to see. Oh, yeah. It's, it should make a tremendous difference. We'll and, see, man. I know it's kind of crazy to talk about it, but it was like a week-long hoo-ha it makes, when it came out that he had LASIK. It kind of makes sense. We still have yet to see the, the, the benefits of all yeah. that, but we'll see. And Week also, one against the uh, against the, the 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 Green Bay Packers. And quickly, if you watched Hard Knocks, Jaquan Hardy, uh, the Cowboys yeah. running back, there was a whole thirty seconds of him trying to put a contact in, trying to get a contact lens in. I mean, for me personally, and I'm sure for others, is the most frustrating, one of the most hard things I do every morning if I do wear contacts. So I can understand how Jameis would be like, ah, I don't right. want to. I don't want to do that. This uh, this uh, this Jameis Winston conversation is brought to you by This Week in Ophthalmology on The Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> Bausch and Lom, hit us up. Well done. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Uh, man just dialed it. Or we, I think we called him up. So. It's always good to <laughs> chat with this man. He sits in this chair frequently when, uh, when I have uh, another assignment. Uh, great job whenever he sits in this chair. And he will be in a chair in the Rose Bowl calling Hawaii at... UCLA, one of five big FBS football contests in the collegiate football world coming up on Saturday. Nebraska, Illinois, Yukon, Fresno State, UTEP, New Mexico State, Southern Utah, San Jose State. ESPN will be televising it, and this man will be calling it on Westwood One Radio, our buddy Ryan Leaf here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Ryan? 
I'm good, Rich. How y'all doing? Better for talking to Summer, you, right? right. So um, let's let's just jump into it real uh, before we get into the college football um, fully. Um, I'll be honest with you, Ryan. Uh, as you know, I root for you. I root for you all the time. There was one day in particular, you in the Rose Bowl, as a matter of fact, where I was not rooting for you at all. <laughs> no, and no, you weren't. I was, <laughs> what's it like for you to step in the Rose Bowl, to walk into that beautiful stadium that you played uh, in with Washington so State? So excited. So right. excited. Uh, what an iconic venue. And to be back, you know, uh, being away from calling games a year ago, for this to be the first one, step into that, into the Terry Donahue press box who recently passed who I have a really, really neat relationship with because he recruited me and I watched him and develop, you know, young men into uh, great men. And, and so it's, it's just, it's really great. Uh, and I want to say this, this, this opportunity really presented itself because of, of your show and, and the fact that I got the opportunity to sit in your chair and work with Westwood One. That's, that's really kind of, it was one of the best referrals I could get. So uh, I, I appreciate that. Of course. Uh, but I mean, what memories will will be coming back to you? And of course, Ryan, it's this, it's all good. <laughs> what memories come back to you when you when you when you're going to be walking in that stadium? Yeah, just uh, just to you know, walking into that stadium and seeing Washington State written in the end zone. And I remember looking over at two of my coaches, who got, you know, guys that I that I'd known since I got there as a freshman, who had kind of grown up as well into their coaching their coaching prowess and they were looking up at this uh at the sky and i just i asked well what are you what are you guys looking at is like we've made it and i go what do you mean you've made it because we're coaching in a game where there's a blimp and uh <laughs> that that made a lot of sense to me i'm like wow yeah there's a blimp and we're here and we're playing for the national championship of sorts against the heisman trophy winner uh, and those iconic michigan wolverine helmets over there uh, and a, a little guy named Tom Brady on the sideline who wouldn't even sniff the field mm. uh, that game. Uh, it was a special day, special day. As, as many people can attest to, a controversial ending, and, and one that I can always say that we didn't lose that game, we just ran out of time. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll give you more of the floor on that, Ryan. What are you talking about? I don't understand what you're talking about. What do you mean? All right, so on the final play of the game, yeah. uh, there was two seconds left. We were on the 26-yard line going in. Uh, I chose to spike the ball uh, instead of running a play, and as I spiked it, I looked up, and there was still a second left on the clock, and then it and then it ticked away. The officials would run off the field. Michigan would kind of storm the field, but we were left at the 26-yard line with a very controversial ending. In fact, they would change the rule because of that. You are not allowed to spike the football now unless you have three seconds on the clock. So... There's a there's a bit of controversy to it. I, I I wasn't very pleased with the official as I went after him when the when the clock finally went to zero. Luckily, Coach Price grabbed me and told me just to be quiet and allowed him to then eviscerate the officials on the way. <laughs> Good the use of room. the word. Good use of the word eviscerate. So you know, it's, it's just got to play better than the rest, ref. Though, Ryan. Although you had it, I know that was that was that. I mean, I was nervous as a cat. I was so nervous. I remember the ending, of course. And I remember, you know, the whole dream season of Charles Woodson winning the Heisman and and being out there in the Rose Bowl, had to complete it. And I, you know, and I just remember all of that. And I, I just was wondering what, what the, that thought process in your head was, just looking back now, where you are. It's exciting. It's exciting. And, I, and the fact that I get to be in that stadium mm. to do what I love to do now, I think there's going to be a 
just I'm going to be overwhelmed with gratitude as I always am. Um, but this more more importantly because of of the venue and uh, of. Of, of the opportunity which has presented itself over the last year and a half with everything that's gone on. You know, we're us in the leaf household are pretty, uh, pretty darn grateful and excited uh, for this college football season to kick off. MacGyver's old enough now. I think he may be able to, he may be able to, to come on a few of these trips with me. And I, I'm really, really excited to show him some of these big stadiums and, and venues that, that college football's played in. Love it. And where Dad played, the Rose Bowl, uh, again, on Westwood One Radio, Ryan Leaf calling the action. Who are you calling the game with, Ryan? Uh, Paul Brewmeister. Uh, uh, really? MBC, He's, MBC guy, yeah. Dude, he is just uh, – so two quarterbacks in the booth. Yep, yeah. Two yep, quarterbacks we're in the booth. We're excited to, to get, get together with one another. He gets in tonight. Uh, good. He's such good gonna, people, man. But you and yep. Burmeister would be a great listen on Westwood One Radio. And then, um, so Chip Kelly um, in UCLA is this is this time now? Like, is this the time? Who, who does he have the horses to compete in in the Pac-12 this year? Walk me through that process first, right? He does. He has the horses. He's in year four. He's he's got an extremely senior laden team now. Everybody's bringing back starters because COVID allowed for everybody to pretty much bring back starters. So right. they have a ton of starters coming back, though they're veteran guys, right? They have a, a tight end that can make make a big difference. The O line is 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 been around and has a ton of experience. They have great wide receivers. The only underclassman starter is Cam Brown, the transfer from Texas A and M, is going to really make an impact. But it all comes down to uh, DTR, uh, their, their quarterback, fourth year in Chip Kelly's system. Ups and downs, been some great games, some poor games. Uh, and last year, they were a team that was on the cusp. They played a shortened season. They lost four games, okay, by a combined 15 points. And people are expecting them to make a significant jump, to go from a team that has only won three or four games a, a season in the first three years to winning eight, nine, um, possibly ten this season. And that is a huge jump. And I always harken back to my sophomore year where our team went five and six. We lost two games in overtime. We lost the rest by points here or there, and no one expected us to do very well. And we came out and won five more games in the year before and went 10 and two, went to the Rose Bowl, played for the national championship, as we just talked about. Mm -hmm. This team's capable of doing that. The schedule is extremely difficult, extremely difficult. They have LSU coming into town next week at the Rose Bowl for a huge game. But – this was a first start. Hawaii is a non-conference opponent. If you can believe this, Chip Kelly has yet to beat a non-conference opponent. So this is huge for them to get off to a good start. Ryan Leaf here on the Rich Eisen Show, breaking down UCLA and Hawaii, one of the you know big games uh, to kick off the college football season. He's calling it on Westwood One, where many of you are also listening to this Rich Eisen Show on a Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio affiliate. So... Um, Top five. Your top five going into the season is who? Ryan Clemson. Lee. Clemson one. Oklahoma two. Alabama three. Georgia four. Texas A and M five. That's what I have right now. I think it's going to be drastically different in terms of what the SEC turns out. I think this is the year Texas A and M makes a move, and Alabama has to find their identity behind a new quarterback and a whole new coaching system. So I didn't go quite chalk this year in terms of of what the SEC is going to do. I, I went a little differently, um, but uh, expect a lot of the same at the top of the list. Who follows in in the next five after that? 
we'll see if some teams can make the jump and, and, and infiltrate there. North Carolina, University of Washington, maybe Utah. We'll, we'll see. But uh, um, those are the five I have at the top right now before the season starts. You're a Spencer Rattler guy, Ryan Leaf? I am. I'm a, I'm a Spencer Rattler guy. I like the young man out of, out of Arizona. I think Lincoln Riley has continued to every single year put together fine football programs. They play in the Big 12. I don't think there's a team besides Iowa State that can really give them much trouble this year. Therefore, I think they're a team that could go undefeated, get themselves back into the college football playoff, and finally maybe get over that hump and win a semifinal to, to play for a national championship. We'll see. I mean, we were talking uh, on the show yesterday, uh, Nicole Auerbach of the uh, Athletic, their college football writer, um, is just saying how amazing it would be for Iowa State to assert itself right and and somehow some way with Spencer Rattler in Oklahoma with the Pac 12 with the Big 12 essentially disintegrating because of right. Oklahoma and Texas leaving if Iowa State could somehow pull off some sort of Cinderella run on behalf of the remainder of the Big 12 force their way into a college football playoff and go on a run i know that that is such fantasy when you just named some of the blue bloods right there as your top 5 but that would just be incredible. Certainly with, you know, Matt Campbell, as I mentioned, the 41 uh, members of the historic alliance, Pac-12, Big Ten, and <laughs> ACC, that of the 41 member schools there, about 90% would, would ditch their current coach for Campbell if he was available to them, I would yeah, think. Yeah, they would. They would. And uh, it would make for a much easier trophy presentation for Bob Bowlesby at the uh, Big 12 championship. I know that. <laughs> Well, it would be it would definitely be something you would sign for. But the the fact that you didn't even take that particular uh piece of red meat that I threw out there means that uh that ain't gonna happen in your estimation. Well, I you know, I got him going ten and two. So I mean that's that's I think that's exceptional uh for them. I just I don't know if they can overcome Oklahoma. Alex Grinch was the biggest piece, the missing link I felt like Lincoln Riley needed to bring in a few years ago. The defensive coordinator came from Ohio State, he was formerly at Washington State, really turned things around there and produced uh, a, a solid defense in, in Mike Leach's wake, which is really extremely difficult. He has improved every single year with Oklahoma. They're going to turn the football over, and when that happens with the potency of that offense, you're not going to be able to stay with this Oklahoma team because they just you won't have enough possessions because they are able to turn the football over. That's something Alex Grinch has always been really good at and getting his players to do so. Uh, it, it's going to be tough for, for a team to get past the Sooner team, but if there's one team that can do it, Rich, it, it's, it's Iowa State. I think they are, the, they are the next team there. Texas, I think, is a 7-5 and five team under Sark in year one, so yeah, no one's going to be really, really happy about that. By the way, Ryan Leaf, I saw how you broke down the Big 12 on your Twitter account. 7-5 and five for Texas? 7-5? and five. Yeah. Really? You believe that? Yeah, I do. I just think they are – I mean, Sam Ellinger – you know, was he was the reason why they were able to get to eight, nine wins every year. And without him and breaking in somebody new in a new system with the new, no identity really, I think, in Texas, uh, yeah, I think that this could be a seven and five team. I mean, if they, you know, I've gotten a few arguments with, with, with some Longhorn homers around uh, <laughs> them getting more than, than seven wins. I think I got a few steak dinners bet on it this season. But, yes. yeah, I, I, I got them at 7-5. All right, before I let you go, Ryan, a little bit in the NFL because the conversation involving Justin Fields and 
whatever uh, might happen with Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo up in Santa Clara, California. It's the annual conversation of do you throw your top drafted quarterback in the deep end of the pool if you don't have to? Obviously, Jacksonville and the Jets have to. Obviously, back in your day, the Chargers kind of had to, right? Um, And so with you, but the concept of learning on the side to see and watch and mature and soak in uh, as opposed to just throwing them in like uh, Justin Herbert got thrown in, albeit the circumstances were different. What's your stance on all of that, Ryan Leaf? I feel like the players that are coming out of college are much better prepared to handle what the NFL is throwing at them, specifically because of the offenses that are being run and the ability for head coaches and offensive coordinators to shape their game plans around what quarterbacks do best. Back in my day, even as back as recently as Jared Goff in his rookie year with Jeff Fisher, Jeff Fisher just wasn't willing to bend towards what Jared Goff was great at. And we saw the product on the football field. When Sean McVay came in, he really understood what made Jared Goff great, and they applied that uh, and got themselves to a Super Bowl. And I think coaches do that now. If I'm if I'm a team out there, I, I'd want to follow in the footsteps of what Patrick Mahomes did. When you have a reliable veteran quarterback who can get you to where you need to get to uh, and not have to worry about someone breaking somebody in, then you go about it that way. It's, I think it's a perfect opportunity for San Francisco and Trey Lance to let him sit behind a, a capable quarterback who's been to a Super Bowl and Jimmy Garoppolo. The difference is, does Kyle Shanahan believe that this is the player that separates the San Francisco 49ers from winning that Super Bowl two years ago from what Jimmy Garoppolo can do and not overthrow the wide-open receiver for the touchdown that would win it. If he believes that, then Trey Lance is going to be in the game from day one. It just That's just how it's going to be. Now, if we're talking about Chicago and Justin Fields, I don't know how good this Chicago Bears team is, um, and I do think that Justin Fields is going to have his uh, hiccups along the way, but he's the most dynamic player of the quarterbacks. I just feel like Andy Dalton's probably the answer there early on, but I wouldn't. But but Matt Nagy's got to got to keep his job, and the only way for him to keep his job is to put the best possible play out, player out there to make plays, regardless of what that looks like, and that has to be Justin Fields. So I'd start him from day one. Yeah, I I I I would agree with you uh, on that, Ryan Leaf and. The one thing I would say that college football quarterbacks don't appear to be prepared for in the NFL because the college football world does not prepare them for it. Um, while I do agree with you about the offenses and the schemes coming in, is the is the the mechanism to call the play. Like in the pros, they're not holding up yep. photographs of Scott Van Pelt and, you know, <laughs> Like a, yeah. a flag of Ireland, and then, and then a you know a hammer, you know, and then and then having four other guys do you know hand signals and semaphore, and that's the thing that drives me a little bit nuts about college football these days is everybody gets lined up and it looks like they're about to snap it, but then they all stand up and all of them look to the sideline, and then they all look back and then now they know what play to be called. Is that because college football coaches don't think the kids have the ability or they're just such control freaks that's the way they want to do it? Like, Because if I'm a college football coach, first kid that I can say I'm sending to the NFL as a quarterback fully ready to call a 12-word play call because he knows who he's addressing it to, 
I, I'd get every single five-star recruit at that position, in my estimation. I, I, I agree with you. I think that there's probably that where in terms of optimization. But I also think in terms of college coaches feel like this speeds things up, and they want to run as many plays as possible. In the NFL, they want to run plenty of plays, but they want to run effective plays. Like when we – like. College football practice now, it doesn't matter what the play does. It could be a complete bust of a play. They want to get it on film, and they're going to coach it up in the film room. They're not going to coach it up out on the field necessarily. They want to run as many plays as they can. So, yeah, that's a, that's a big difference for these guys when they make that jump. I'm also, and I've been this way ever since I had to deal with, with Mike Holmgren calling plays in Seattle. I asked him one time, why can't we just call this play like uh, Boomerang? Instead of you know X out Y you know Y seam Z zebra N banana you know why why can't we just call this play you know right. zebra or something like that and and so everybody knows it um, and he, he looked at me like I was crazy and I and I suppose I was but uh, I, I just I thought that would just be more more convenient and easier for guys to to do it same with yeah. John Gruden in Tampa right. yeah it, it doesn't make too much sense right. Let, let everybody else learn what the hell that means. You just say the word exactly. zebra. You know what it means, and everybody knows what it means, and let's go. As opposed, Yeah. Because huh. that's apparently one of the things that Justin Fields has yet to be able to do, is it, Albert Breer told us, is to is to absorb the play call and address oh, each member in the huddle, you know, and yeah. address each member in the huddle for whatever that part of the play call is assigned to, um, like Andy listen, Dalton Rich, can, you know? Listen, listen to this, Rich. So, I... It, when I was with Coach Holmgren, and we have those speakers in our, in our ear, by the time he finished with the play call in my ear, mm-hmm. I, I, I had a hard time remembering what the damn formation was that started the whole play uh, in particular. And I'd walk into the huddle. I don't know if you remember the, the NFL film stuff with Chris Sims when he'd step into the huddle and John Gruden was calling the play. Exactly the same thing. John Gruden would pull off a 15-word play, and by the time Chris was ready to call it, he couldn't remember what the formation was, and it would get yelled at on, on mm-hmm. NFL Films by everybody. It was a running joke with everybody, Brad Johnson and that crew. Yeah, it, was, uh, it, it makes for some comedy, but you're exactly right. That is something, and being under center, that's another big thing. These kids are never under center, and you're going to have to be in the NFL because it has to be physical, and you've got to get a yard sometime, not just sit back there in the gun and hand it off five yards deep. Send my best, sir, to Paul Burmeister. Have a great time in the Rose Bowl calling Hawaii UCLA on Westwood One, Ryan Leaf. You take care. I appreciate it. Also, uh, I heard the Jameis Winston stuff. I'd like to blame my uh, entire NFL career on the fact that I didn't get LASIK yet. <laughs> very good. <laughs> right. I'm going to write that one down. Thank you very much. Take care, Ryan Leaf. Hi, Ryan. That's Ryan Leaf. That's Ryan Leaf. All right. We'll take a break. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. We'll take phone calls, set up the rest of our show. Don't go anywhere. Back with more. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. 
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind the scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Are you still playing fantasy football? You still doing that? Um, I, I not really. No, I, 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 am in a league, but I don't, I don't control it. One of my buddies controls it for me. Okay, what, so I get like I'm a part of it, but I, I, I don't have time for it. No. Who's this? Whose league is this? Is it's you? just a group of friends from high school that, uh, yeah, me and my buddy co, co, co own a team, and and he really runs it for me. Well, because I know we've had conversations about this before, and that there are some interesting, um. Uh, I guess, tasks that the loser of this league must undertake. So are you, if you lose, even though you're not part of the day-to-day? Oh, yeah, they'll hold me to it. Absolutely. I don't, I don't even know if I could tell you who's on my team right now, but okay. um, if I were to lose, they would they would absolutely hold me to it and uh, we, we'd have to go take care of business. What are some of the um, fails that I guess that you have to do? What are some of the, the responsibilities of the losers of your league? What is... Uh, last year, the loser... Uh, I have to go to Alaska for a day. What do you mean? Like for a day? For, yeah. <laughs> for a day? Yeah. Okay. I went to a place called Nome, Alaska. Um, you, you'd never heard of it. It's no, Nome, I've heard of Nome. Nome. I, I, I think I've, you know, I, I don't know. Actually, I where the Iditarod, it, it goes through there, I think. Yeah, so, so the Luther sled race. Regardless of the geographic spot in the United States, would have to, for a day, get on a plane and and prove per, proof of purchase of the ticket and then take a photo like how do you oh, yeah i mean there's there's tasks involved it was i think he went in, in march um okay but it was it, it was yeah it was a whole thing and that was just one year that was just last year's this year it'll be entirely different um i'll have to check in with you and let you know if i'm in, in that but I, I hope i'm not i hope not is there anything what other previous uh years any other examples because that's amazing you have to go to nome alaska that is yeah. quite uh, the, the year before. Um, yeah, the year before the loser, you, you know, uh, Barstool Sports does the rough and rowdy, the boxing deal. We fought in that <laughs> at the Super Bowl. The year we were there, he, he was he was fighting in the in the in the boxing on Friday night uh, before the game. There. Oh my gosh. This is a, you do not want to lose your fantasy league. Jerry. No, you don't. No, that's why I, I, I try to I try to put a lot of faith in, in, in my buddy that's around the yeah. corner. That was Jared Goff from last year during the pandemic, just talking some ball with him. The Rams having no idea that he was about to be out the door. Seth Wickersham in hour number two here on the Rich Eisen Show talking about his conversation with Matthew Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams. These are stories we're going to start focusing on for the football world about to begin. Let's go. In earnest. We're back here on the Rich Eisen Show on Peacock. We're back here on the Rich Eisen Show along with the rest of our our audience with Terrestrial Radio. Sirius XM, by the way, listens in on us every single day while we're uh, well, we're chilling out on Peacock, so we're appreciative of everybody joining us. Uh, 844-204-RICH being that uh, number to dial here on the program. That I don't know why that's such a pet peeve of mine in college football. What's that? That First of all, the two pet peeves of mine for college football, might as well front load them because I will be 
moaning about them over the next <laughs> few weeks and months. Okay. Games take forever. Take absolutely forever. When an NFL game takes long, everyone's like, oh, it's too long. College, I don't know why people are absolutely fine with college football games taking four hours. I don't know why they have no problem at the halftime set. The halftime, when you do a halftime well, show in the NFL, I'm about to do another one for uh, you know Monday Night Football. I'm hosting Monday Night Football pregame and halftime on Westwood One. Mm-hmm. And you, you just inhale, and by the time you exhale, the third quarter is about to start in the NFL. It's fast. It goes really quick. Agreed. Yeah. Boom, boom. Off the, out the NFL goes uh, from their locker room. In college football, we got to get one band, we got to get another band, and we got to get another segment, we got to get another. It takes forever, and then the games take forever in terms of a commercial break here, commercial break there, and then comes inevitably the overtime, and people love the overtime in college football. I just I hate it. I hate those final scores of hey, final score sixty eight to sixty six. You know, I can't I can't handle it. It takes too damn long. And again, I feel like one of those old men, I guess. It just takes forever. And then the other one is the college football players coming up to the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Maybe, and I'm thinking it's taking too long already. Here comes the play, but nope, let's stop. All right, let's take a look. All right, that's uh, that's Van Pelt's face. And again, I'm not upset that I haven't seen my face yet. It's got <laughs> nothing to do with anybody else. I see Rome's face. I see that. I see the Coliseum. I see a photograph of the White House. I see a photograph <laughs> of this. A screw, you know, I mean, okay, now we're ready for a play. And and then you're wondering why a college quarterback can't call plays in the NFL just yet. Just because for Justin Fields, most of the time, it's like, well, all right, what's the play, coach? Oh, okay, I see that. All right, let's go. It's like Ryan just said. There's a lot of terminology. Right. That those guys might not be ready for, so that hence the sign. I I, I, I quite honestly don't. If I, if I you know. People love college I, sports, Rich, so I think that's just it. Like, I love college sports, you too. You love Michigan. Let's, can we pick up the pace? Although those Michigan games take for... Uh, I know, but I'm saying the like... Michigan-Ohio State games. And again, I'm nervous as a cat to begin with. And yeah, I, you are. I, I want it over. I want it over. Oh, is that it? Begins it? Okay. And I want it over. I, I know, but I, I, I don't know if that's what it is. I don't know. Those games take forever. Yeah. Forever. It makes me think, do they, do they sell more commercials for it? Because it's... It's such a hugely popular game. I don't know. But, but everybody right. has no problem with a game like a, a, one, a noon start and the game ends like a quarter to four in the afternoon. <laughs> People just love and their it's, college. Uh, it's really that fine. That's fine with everybody. We're good. You know, and then in, inevitably, you know, a game on ESPN you're, 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 that you're getting to tune into, you got to go to find the kickoff on Ocho because we're still watching the fourth quarter tick down yeah. between Memphis and whomever. Do I sound old? Be honest with me. No, Do I, I mean, sound old? You have Do I sound old? A, you you can call me 844204 Rich. Rich. Some may I sound old. You're Do kicking I sound us old? off the lawn. People <laughs> can't really? play anymore. Yeah, you're kicking us you're off the lawn. You're very right. People rarely <laughs> complain about the length of college sports, except the for NFL. basketball. NFL, no, NFL game NFL. takes longer than three hours. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's too oh long. We've got to speed the but game up. But the NFL up. games are pretty much. They've tightened it. They got them to They've a tightened point. They've tightened Yeah, like 1 o'clock starts at 1. Yeah, like 4. You brought up, like I said, a great point. People just love the college atmosphere, I suppose, because you rarely, except for when it comes to a basketball game, like a college hoops game at the very end where the last minute can take 25 oh, well, minutes. Oh, don't get me started Other there. than that, people, oh, hey, don't get me they're started. happy to be there. I'll make Tom Coughlin <laughs> yeah. look like uh, yeah. Benjamin Button. <laughs> With that exactly. one, you want to make me seem old. 
We'll do all that. All right, uh, a great, great piece of video from the world of high school football involving a future Hall of Famer in the NFL. Don't miss that coming up. Yeah, the end of bas- college basketball. Oh, oh, please. Yeah, I mean they paced themselves, and they get that NBA's, is a minute. The NBA's like a thousand times worse. I remember being when you're in the stadium though mm-hmm. for a college football game, oh, and you're please. watching the bands. I don't. I have a problem. I don't have a problem. It's what I'm sitting. It's amazing. The whole atmosphere it's just at home. It's and, amazing and, and again, in the stadium. The NFL run off to the locker room, and 15 minutes later, we're kicking off it's the back. third quarter. I've always I think college just, football half times are a half an hour long. Uh, I think they're over a half an hour. They're like least, you could watch an entire episode of Ted Lasso in halftime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rich, which is what I prefer to do. I've often you know? wondered That's why so the true. NFL halftime was so short. Like, there's been times I've been at home watching a game. Halftime will come. I'll get up, go to the kitchen. Grab something. It's when you know, I do this and that, and the game started. By the time I get dude, back, dude, when I did and my first halftime for NFL Network, I'm like, that's how fast it is. Oh yeah, it is quick. You're in and out. You know, because I'm used to, I'm used to doing, like when I did Tokyo Gold for Peacock, mm-hmm. Tokyo Gold, and and it was it was a a handful. I mean, that hour long was a handful with like 20 highlights and highlights of sports that I'd never done in my entire life, like <laughs> doing a highlight of of uh, foil. Dressage, <laughs> shuttlecock with badminton. Woo. I mean, just like, yeah, I just said the word for a reason. Woo. And so uh, it, it was a lot. But an hour for me was like a, oh, yeah. a vacation. Yeah. Every, this is three hours long. I'm about to do four hours game day morning. morning. The draft is like oh, a telethon. That's days. Right? <laughs> so doing this halftime, I would just go on the air and just say, okay, my analyst will talk. And then I'll just chit-chat a little bit. And then my other analyst will talk. And then my other... And they're like, you got to go. Yeah. You got to go. You got to go to break. break. Like, no, yeah. you say one word. They say five words. The other guy says five words. You say five words going to commercial break. If you do any more than that one, five, 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 we're screwed. Yep. <laughs> That's the way NFL it's halftime time. shows. In college football, it's like, it's pop open a Mountain Dew and have Tostitos, <laughs> and for, you know, all of it. <laughs> Right, Rich. I've often wondered though, with those fifteen minutes, how are they even able to get over? I'd say a hundred people into the locker room, team oh, stats, hey, and then make they any adjustments. What you, only like? One, how do you even make any adjustments? You should see what they do for the Super Bowl. Oh, it's nuts. Which they obviously make longer because yeah. of the Super Bowl yeah. because you're because you're putting entire rock concert equipment yeah. out on the field. Something else. Seth Wickersham of ESPN talking Stafford more in hour two coming up.